Welcome back to the Stories for Glory podcast. This is a new segment of our show called Open Wine. Open Wine. Open Wine with an H, where we're going to discuss different topics, rant, maybe complain a little bit, but mostly just rejoice and discuss issues that have come up in our lives and from you, our listeners. We have received a few questions from some of our listeners, which we're grateful for. You can always email more questions into our email at storiesforglory at protonmail.com, which I encourage you to do. We mostly have thick skin, so ask away. And we're going to talk about some of those. We won't necessarily say names or specific questions, but generally the topic has come up. What sort of standards should Christians have or use uh, in discerning what movies they can and cannot watch? Is that fair enough? Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. Sounds fair enough? Yep. And since this is our first episode of Open Wine, we thought this would be a good good topic to discuss. This will be the 10th episode of the Stories for Glory podcast. Maybe we shouldn't have waited this long to talk about these kinds of things, but but here we go. So guys, what do you think about storytelling in general? How would you determine, uh, maybe this is a good first question, how would you determine a good or a bad story? That's a big open-ended, isn't it? You want to go first, Caleb? Hey, okay, repeat the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I guess I'll start then, because since I asked it, I obviously had something in my head. One of the ways that I determine whether a story is good or bad is not whether or not there's sin present. Uh, sin ought to be present in, in any good story. But how is this sin portrayed? If sin is celebrated... Not a good movie. Uh, if sin is something that is seen as a detriment, uh, obstacle to overcome, something set against the hero, those kinds of things, a uh, good story. Mm-hmm. Something to be repented of. Or if the character is sinful and comes through a change, because those that's yeah. a lot like life. But some films, some books celebrate sin, and those, I think, ought to be avoided. How, how would you define celebrating sin um yeah i got a real big blatant like everybody should agree every christian should agree so the book and movies i haven't seen the movies and i haven't read the book but i know what they're about uh 50 shades of gray okay it's celebrating sadism and masochism sexual abuse and it's celebrating those things Mm -hmm. uh no (laughs) just a christian should not purchase that book should not read it should not watch the movies in my mind that's just it's a celebration of fornication but also a celebration of inflicting pain. Mm. Uh, torture is unethical from a Christian worldview, and so is fornication. Mm. And so if the story is celebrating those two things that define the main character and also exhibiting them on the screen, it's portrayed, uh, then that's just a no-go. Can I ask how you know what Fifty Shades of Grey is about? Because I remember <laughs> when it came out, uh, other podcasters and oh, I think, I think Doug talked about it. Yeah. Ben Shapiro talked about it, and uh, I don't know how they know. <laughs> hmm. You can read the back cover. You can watch a trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. You don't have to see the movie or read the book to know what it's about. So. Right. But yeah. that, I mean, that's just very blatant. And when we go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think the so you know take a movie like Braveheart, right? Mm-hmm. One of, 
I think it's in Greg and I's top five. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a fantastic story. Sinners. And for some reason, there's the the wedding scene, you know, that night. There's, you know, nudity. a snippet of nudity. Mm-hmm. And do you think that that was put in? I mean, we don't know. We didn't. We would have to talk to Mel. Mm-hmm. Why did you put that in there? Yeah. Was it? So is there a part of like they're celebrating sin by knowing that by doing this, they might get more sales? Or, well, or watches. Or... Yeah, that's that's interesting because that's not celebrating sin. Sure. In the film, they're married. Right. However, in the film, it, well, I mean, on set, Mel is not married to her. Right. <laughs> so they're not actually married. Right. And uh, so that ought, thing ought not to be depicted or even portrayed, I would suggest, by actors. But in the story, it's not celebrating sin. It's celebrating the union of a husband and a wife. Um, but... We can't take that as real life because it isn't. Right. And even if it was real life, you ought not be watching what a husband and wife are doing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. This scene is just completely superfluous. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Doesn't need to be there. Uh, yeah. I would say it's, yeah, we don't know why Mel put it in there, but I would say it's just there for the sales uh, because that's how Hollywood tells stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just their bread and butter. And it wasn't for an R rating. It clearly already had that. <laughs> yeah, I think violence. Getting hit in the head with a yeah. pike kind of covered that one. But Right. Yeah, the, the marriage bed is supposed to be undefiled. Yeah. And the only way to defile the marriage bed is to bring a third party in. Right, and they did. So Mel, I'm assuming, was married to another woman at that time. And I don't know her name, the actress. Let's assume she's married to another man. Mm-hmm. And she just got naked with a separate man. In real life. Right. And so. But even in, in the us behind the fourth wall have no business in somebody else's bedroom. Right. Even if they're married, we're the third person in true. Yeah, we ought not to be viewing it. Yeah. Yeah. So what does someone do? I'm just out of curiosity. You know, how do, how do you then justify watching something like Braveheart, knowing even that the. Skip. You could just skip it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or um, what are the streaming services that filter? Right. So uh, VidAngel, ClearPlay. So if you had one of those services and you turned off nudity. You would, you, never, you would never know. Right. And so a way that Braveheart, at least that part could be told better, or at least from my perspective, the marriage scene happens where they get wed and then Mel takes her hand and they walk off into the woods mm-hmm. away from everybody. And we all know what they did, you know, mm-hmm. as adults, as married adults, we all know what they did. Mm-hmm. And, and it's celebrated. Uh, his love for her is n- not in the least diminished, you know, because she gets murdered. And so none of that gets taken away. So it's really just there for show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the so your definition then, would, if it's glorifying sin, it would be the, the premise as a whole, the story as a whole. Well, yeah, that was just one. Yeah. Uh, another one that I would say would be nudity in general. Sure. But, but I was focusing more on at least right now in the beginning of our episode celebrating sin is a very clear one to me right so yeah and i think it's clear in a movie um while you're watching it whether it's glorifying sin Mm -hmm. or whether it's sin is part of the conflict that needs to be overcome because there's no good story without conflict and, and yeah so if the story celebrates uh being a mob boss and getting the girls and mm-hmm. murder and getting the money. Uh, not a good story. Mm-hmm. But if the story has a mob boss in it and the detective takes him down, 
good story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? There's a difference there. So I don't mind mm-hmm. stories that have murder or drugs or those kinds of things. But what are they doing? What are they there for? Yeah. And then uh, how does that story, how does that theme play out in the overall? And I think you have to measure, even if it's a good story. Uh, usually I would think if they're telling a good story, they'll they'll practice discretion and what scenes they're putting in quite often if they're purposely trying to tell a good story but the if you know there's a preponderance of regretful scenes thrown in there then you just have to use your own judgment and say well the story's not worth watching right Mm -hmm. but as far as the scenes they throw in i remember listening to something by george grant where he's talking about the word obscene and how it means obscene actually means off scene Mm. where something you know what happens like Jonah was talking about when mm-hmm. they walk off in the woods, they didn't need to throw in the gratuitous skin. Right. That was just for ticket sales, I would say. Yeah. The, the yes. consummation of the marriage yeah. is obscene that it should be yeah. off scene. Yes. Not that it's ugly. Right. But it should take place away from our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Great stories can be told that way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like in scripture, there are uh, people who have sex but it doesn't tell you how or what they look like. Right. <laughs> it just says that they did. Yeah. Amnon raped Tamar. But yeah. it doesn't detail that. It just yeah. says it. Mm-hmm. Adam yeah. knew Eve. And that's enough. Right. And the same thing can be said in film. And even with the story of Judah and Tamar, that gets risque. Um, yeah. well, I mean, where, where he, what propositions are basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, woo. Well, not only that, like, Song of Solomon in text is racy enough, but if you try to depict Saul, Saul Solomon in film, right. Christians should boycott it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can make we, the Jesus right. film. I we, haven't we do seen not them. depict Song of Solomon in film. No, I haven't seen the Song of Solomon film no. that they're showing in Africa yet. <laughs> is that serious? Do they have no, one? I oh. haven't seen it. They showed that they made the Jesus film but not the, as an oh, evangelistic okay. tool. Especially yeah. this day and age, I think the Song would Solomon the, film that would, would be draw the very crowds, right. and then have an altar call at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of men converted. Yeah, well, at least a lot of men showing up. Yeah, unfortunately, right. So you mentioned, Greg, if there are certain scenes uh, that are questionable or objectionable, then you need to use your wisdom and discretion to turn it off or not watch it. Or yeah. So how do you, how do you, how do you determine? Do you have a line there, or is it dependent on your maturity or your your kids' maturity? Where do you? How would yeah, you? I, how would you decide that? I, uh, I think that's all part of uh, the goal of all Christians is to grow in wisdom, to grow in the discernment of the knowledge of good and evil, to <clears throat> take the kingly office and start parsing out: this is good, that's bad. Um, and I think that line is going to be different for individuals, for different families, for different kids' age ranges. Um, and the, I don't think it's, I don't, I think it's beyond overt sin, like Jonah talked about with the Fifty Shades of Grey. I think once you start getting beyond the overt stuff, um, then it's, different standards for different families well let's pick on braveheart again since we already talked about it violence Mm -hmm. that's one of the most violent movies i've ever seen yeah so we're saying that a five ten second scene 
of female nudity ought to have been removed. But the violence but throughout. But a man getting his leg chopped off by a Scottish claymore or getting a pickaxe through the helmet or getting an, 10 arrows in the chest, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, oh, we'll watch that. Right. What's the difference? Yeah. I think uh, defiling someone's marriage bed by being the third person voyeuristically watching them is clearly prohibited in scripture. But uh, in the Old Testament especially, there were some violent men. Revelation's pretty violent. Mm-hmm. So not just the Old Testament. Revelations? No, don't say that. I will kick you off the show. <laughs> not my show, but I will kick you off of it anyway. Right. Yeah, so David fighting Goliath. The stone sinks into it. It doesn't say it just hit him in the head. It's descriptive. Yeah. The stone sink, it sinks into his head, which means it either missed his helmet and hit the flesh or went through the helmet, through his skull, into his brain. And then David went over there and lopped his head off with his own sword yeah. and held it up for everyone to see. And God did not figure it obscene to describe Ehud right. Right. shoving his sword into Eglon. Eglon's insides, fat mm-hmm. belly. And what came out? And Scubalon. His poop came out. <laughs> his poop came out the wrong hole. Right. So scripture clearly depicts violence. Yeah. Uh, when Elijah is on Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, we forget this part in our Sunday school classes, but he takes all the prophets of Baal down by the river and slits their throats. How do you portray that in flannel graph? <laughs> That's why I said we skip it. Oh. Uh, you asked Mel Gibson to direct it. Lots of ketchup packages. Lots of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're saying violence is not necessarily sinful to watch. I would say it's not sinful to watch and portray, um, again, using wisdom. You know, the, a certain the, kind of violence would be the slasher, the mm-hmm. what, what are they, violence? So they call it torture porn. Torture porn. Yeah. yeah like uh, Saw. When it becomes apparent that people are just getting their jollies off. You're watching this so you can watch people get hurt. Yeah, which moves into a whole nother discussion of why do people like that. Yeah, and I think there's a part in Braveheart when you're watching those scenes or Saving Private Ryan. I don't think any, most of the time I'm almost having to turn my head or it's hard to watch. brutal. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I remember when Saving Private Ryan came out, you know, there were veterans who went to go see in the theater Mm. and... You know, they would say how realistic D-Day looked mm. and sounded and everything. Right. Yeah. And that's that's good for me to watch. I, I think you know, so. Family was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and same thing with scripture. David is my father. Right. You know, Abraham went out with 318 men and fought five kings. He's my father. I think so. And so, but there's, so there's part of it, like with Braveheart, the violence is purposeful. Uh, you know, all the Scotsmen are protecting their families and their liberty and their religion mm-hmm. from invading English. Mm-hmm. That's purposeful violence, where something like the movie Saw is torture porn. Right. It's just hurting people to hurt people. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference there, uh, morally, and why the violence is being committed. Would that be? Yeah, so we so. would say, uh, like, open range is violent, but it's good men resisting bad men. Right. It's not bad men doing bad things to bad people. <laughs> Right. So that so violence is acceptable in certain instances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, just just morally, ethically, and in, in life, it's okay to take a life if you're defending your own or your family's. It's not okay to murder somebody. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and that kind of ethic that comes out of the law of God ought to apply to the stories too. Right. right. Yeah. And I think we have to not be lollards. Video, the mm-hmm. whole movie experience is pretty recent. Mm-hmm. And I think, as Jonah was saying, um, to be able to see the sacrifice that all those men went through on the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. When the when the ramp dropped, man, you know, it was awful, right? Oh, yeah. It's you hear than it reading in a textbook. Yeah. Or even in a story, because the men that went through that, most of them don't talk about it. Right. Yeah, they don't, yeah. But uh so to for Christians to be able to utilize that medium and use it for benefit, use their wisdom. Did you walk out of the theaters or after watching it with a greater appreciation for, you know, the men that? Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, same yeah. thing with like Unbroken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Prisoners yeah. of War. Yeah. What? That was the Japanese. Yeah. Right? I was thinking yeah. Vietnam, but that was the Japanese. Yeah. And the brutality. I mean, well, even there you see the brutality of what a pagan civilization can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, we're, we're growing up at least in our generations, in a Christian, post-Christian, run, running on the fumes of a Christian ethic. And we just can't imagine that kind of lack of morality mm-hmm. that's exhibited in other places of the world. Right. And story is a way uh, uh, to bring about a maturation of experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, my when my kids are four, I'm not going to read to them Fox's Book of Martyrs. But I want them to know about the martyrs. You know, so mm-hmm. when Judith, my oldest is nine, uh, he's been reading stories about martyrs and how they're crucified upside down and covered in wax and lit on fire in uh, Nero's garden. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he just did an essay on Athanasius, who was mm-hmm. exiled five times from Alexandria. You know, half of his time as bishop, he was in exile on the run from Roman soldiers. You know, and having those stories depicted in, in book, picture book, chapter book, or film, I think are, are a worthwhile tool to give a greater appreciation to certain things. Right. Or, or maturation. Yeah. Yeah. Preparation. I mean, we have the technology. We can build, rebuild him. I was just going to say that. We have the technology, and now God gave it to us. Email us if you understood that reference. I mean, like, a, <laughs> what, did, what did Tubal Cain invent? Tubal Cain, he was Something. the forger of metals. Yeah, okay. So this guy invented the metallurgy, and now God gave that to the church. What's the church going to do with it? Mm. And I think you can bury video medium in the ground because we might misuse it, or we know our master oh, is sure. harsh, and he, or you can wisely use it. Right. Like the printing press. Yeah. Yeah. You can use the printing press to print smut, or you could print the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, which also has violence. Which they did. They used the printing press for smut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it seems like that's a little bit of the intent of even the podcast in general was how do Christians go from viewing films or movies strictly from an entertainment perspective and actually trying to you know, learn from or see the bigger picture, you know, what's the, the greater story, you know, and I think then mm-hmm. it's helpful. And I think that's probably something that has been lacking in the church historically since movies have become the, the prominent 
predominant form of entertainment mm-hmm. where, you know, so it, it is good to have it's, but it's hard when you go out to a website and they give their, it's the reason it's rated R is for these, these reasons only. And so then you say, well, I could never watch it, you know, mm-hmm. because of these things. And so, you know, it's nice. I think we had found you, Jonah, you had sent out John frames review of, you know, how, of certain movies, of certain and movies, the and, questions he asks of movies. Right. Mm-hmm. So kind of going into watching a movie, knowing I wanted I want to not just be entertained, which there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that at times, but knowing that worldview is coming out in them. Mm-hmm. And so having to engage your mind going into it, it's changed the movie watching experience, at least in our home. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, me too. So that's the idea is it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. For the time being, I mean, it'll be replaced with artificial intelligence or uh, yeah, what's the virtual reality, reality and augmented reality and all that kind of stuff. Or we'll be in the middle of a Braveheart battle. Right. Okay. You know, which will be interesting. You know, some of you were probably the progression. I think I just recently finished reading that um, mm. Neil Postman book. Amusing mm. ourselves today. Right. And just the, mm-hmm. I mean, he probably didn't foresee that news would be in tweets. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Just mm. like with entertainment, we're making a progression into more and more of a so christians it's it's probably good to be getting ahead of the game now mm-hmm. starting to think about these things because our kids what they're going to be exposed to in the future potentially yeah, yeah i have a of the john frame article i'll post a link into the description but also if you want to look up a movie and look up what's in it uh that could be objectionable so the imdb mm-hmm. app mm-hmm. on your phone if you look up a movie there and you scroll down, it'll tell you this sexual content, drug and alcohol content, language and violence, I think, yeah. are the categories. And they're all user submitted. Mm-hmm. So it's you know people like us, moms and dads, who are submitting um, uh, the content warnings to those. So that's very helpful. But also commonsensemedia.com. Mm-hmm. You guys ever use that? Mm-mm. Which is also user-based. So you could go and look up you know Big Fish or Signs or Guardians of the Galaxy, and look up user-based reviews for family content, mm-hmm. like what what's good, what's bad. So those are three resources I'll post in the link, the description to this episode right. for our listeners. If they're... I think we've been doing that more and more with as we've been watching movies with the kids, as I will. I haven't used Common Sense, but you'll Google like the... I know cr- you haven't. Christian reviews. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Christian reviews of a movie, and then, you know, you kind of are able to say, no, this probably isn't at this moment in time with Miles or Ames. Well, that's the thing. So Christian reviews of movies, well, we should probably talk about this. We've we've done Signs, and by the time this comes out, A Quiet Place, which could be called horror movies. Mm -hmm. And some Christians would say, no, Mm -hmm. Christians shouldn't watch horror movies. Where uh, John Frame, he watched Signs, and he enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And he's a, a great Christian thinker. Uh, so what? So let's talk about. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Scary movies, or uh, are aliens monsters off limits? Like what? Why would some Christians say that kind of thing is a no-no, but say like a a western or Fellowship of the Ring is okay? Or do we not have a? Because they're all okay to me, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's hard to say because I don't. I don't find horror as a no-no. Certain so horror. It's hard to hard to get into yeah well as we've already mentioned when they start um putting sex into it gratuitous sex 
when no, murder becomes know. entertainment, it's wrong. Right. When sex is prevalent and yeah. depicted, it's wrong. But you, usually in horror movies, I started listening to Monsters of the Id. Hmm. And I heard Doug's interview with E. Michael Jones, which was very interesting. But usually in horror, it's good versus evil. Survival. Yeah. And I've, I think horror is a, a depiction of tyranny, a battle against tyranny. All, all horror is a pr- oppressive. Is some tyrant oppressing mm. victims of people who push back. Um, and I know that some people, some people enjoy horror because of the guilt that they have. They don't know what to do with. Mm. So they punish themselves through watching horror. Mm. So it's a form of catharsis. Yeah. Where you, you deserve the death on the screen kind of a thing. Yeah. When you're when you're using the term or, you know, the genre horror, what would be examples of horror movies that you're thinking of in your mind? Hmm. Well, I, I don't I don't watch horror. Um, I don't really either. Well, I saw some of the paranormal movies, but those just freak me out. So I don't, well, that would be a good example of, I, I'd rather not watch those. Those are the ones where it's like some kind of de- demonic. It's yeah. like a home movie, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think I saw the first one back yeah. in high school. Yeah. But they're just freaky. And I think it, I think that starts, you know, I, I don't think the church is to the point yet where they're dancing over the graves of demons, but that starts to dance along the line of, you know, helpless in the face of demonic activity satan wins in those movies right and so you would say that would that be an off-limit category for the horror genre or would you say it's fine for you know christians too well for for some people's lives satan does win sure i mean people do get possessed by demons yeah absolutely i'm not saying that that's not a reality in life but should should a christian you know i mean i'm just that's that's my question is more no i'm not giving a pass to paranormal activity i'm just right Right. Uh, discussion. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. You know. Oh, you shouldn't watch. It would be a sin to watch that. But I'm saying, using wisdom, it's like, well, where does the movie leave you? Sure. Satan wins in the end, mm-hmm. and it's depressing. Well, or something like Signs. Uh, the family wins. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Quiet Place this, through the sacrifice of the dad. Right. The family wins. They, yeah. they actually find a way to defeat the enemy. Right. Through sacrifice. Yeah. So. And I guess if we're, yeah, I guess so. That would we would put that in the, the horror genre as well. Signs are. I think place. people would put okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got monsters, yeah. alien, yeah. certainly a quiet place. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would put signs more in the horror uh, thriller, suspenseful. Mm. Yeah. Because the the aliens aren't really horrifying. Yeah. They're tall, slender, green things. <laughs> and the only horror that, when I think of horror, is scary. The only thing that's scary is a, a jump scene here and there. Yeah. You know, the fingers under the door kind of thing. But I'm not suggesting I'd show that to my nine-year-old. Right. He's not ready for that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is an engaging story with, as we did an episode on it, mm-hmm. lots of things to talk about. Right. Uh, so I think it is worth watching. Right. But you have to be prepared and mature enough to handle those. I just know my children are not prepared to handle jump scares. <laughs> oh yeah. Can they handle death? Can they handle monsters? Can they handle, you know, suffering? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when there's victory at the end, of course. Right. Uh, but it's the, the reason why my family doesn't watch signs together. Minus Jurassic Park. They did. Watch, yeah. We, well, I just watched that with my oldest. That's a, okay. Wait, right. With 
Judah. Yeah, yeah. He's old enough now because there's some jump scares in that. And we watched it with a friend who's older. Yeah. An older boy that he looks up to. Right. And, uh, who'd already seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I just stole a line from you, Caleb. I think it was from you. That if yeah. Judah. If Judah can't handle Jurassic Park, oh yeah, how is he ever gonna face fear in real life? That was Jill. Oh, it was your, oh, it was your wife. Yeah. <laughs> so, Judah, my son, if you're afraid of something that isn't real, how are you gonna stand up to something that is? Like this is just a movie, kid. You know, the T Rex is in it, is a robot covered in rubber. Nobody really died. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's meant it's like reading a book. Right. Yeah. yeah so, but that that's one thing. We could also talk about if we wanted to keep going, how stories can bring about maturation safely or at least preparedness. Mm. If you run a, if you run a thought experiment, oh, I thought you were waving your finger at me. (laughs) If you run a thought experiment and this is where I was telling you guys, I might say some things that are, that I'll regret later. So I'm glad we're recording it. But if you run a thought experiment and you try and keep your child totally innocent, um, basically in the garden, try and keep them in the state of innocence like Adam and Eve were at the beginning. So they were innocent here in the beginning, um, but that's not where God wanted them to stay. He wanted them to mature beyond that. So what did he introduce? In a sense... It's uh, a level of horror into their lives. A with fallen the, seraph? With the, with the great tempter. This great conflict in their lives. They weren't ever meant to stay in this pristine innocence in the garden. They were meant to mature, to go to the tree and to learn. That's a theme throughout scripture. Is We're meant to mature to the point where we can start discerning between good and evil. We can exercise wisdom and start ruling things rather than. So there would have been a time uh, where the, running from the fruit of the, the tree would have been appropriate to eat. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. The fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you, so if you run this, uh, this uh, picture, this theory out and you try and keep your child as pristinely innocent as well. So let's say you're the perfect Christian parent and you keep your child from all sin and all influence of the world. And in this experiment, what does that child look like when they turn 23? And they, they do, end up. Do you in want an answer? <laughs> I, I really don't know, but I, but it, sometimes if you push the thing to its absurd limits, then you know, Oh, Maybe Let, I don't want to go that direction. Should we just say, let's just say that that child would not be an arrow in your hand. Yeah. He'd be more of a limp noodle. Yeah, he would be the strap holding the quiver to your shoulder, maybe, or something. That snap under pressure. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so. So that's the that's what we would that's what we're suggesting that introducing certain kinds of stories at certain times or ages yeah. are appropriate to help prepare. Definitely. For maturation. Yeah, definitely stories. And you're not going to be able to avoid. um, The culture is going to be in the movies, but the culture is at Walmart, too. So if you're not going to watch a movie or the billboard on the way to Walmart. Yeah. If you're not going to watch a movie because your standards are such that, well, 
my kids can't see that. Well, you can't, I mean, you can't keep them in, in the storm cellar for the rest of the life or in the attic. That's another movie that we should watch. In the attic? Flowers in the attic. Do you ever oh, see that? No, I've never seen it. So you're, the, the goal of salvation is not innocence, but maturity. Yeah. Yeah. We learning to fight giants. Learning how to fight giants, learning to defeat the dragon, learning to overcome sin and not be overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And I like that. Yeah, the stories, we do this reading aloud as a family. So reading aloud, we do not mind stopping and talking about what's happening in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, what What did this character just do, good or bad? We were just doing it the other night with the two towers. When Frodo and Sam go one way, Merry and Pippin get captured and go the other way. And Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are left with a decision. Where do we go? And I just quit reading and I asked my kids, what would they do? You know? <laughs> You got two bad choices, <laughs> right? You know, like how do you make how do you use wisdom mm-hmm. to discern the best option? You go to Frodo and Sam. Mary and Pippin are gonna die. You go to Mary and Pippin. Frodo and Sam are gonna die. Or at least that's the thought that they're portraying. That right. Tolkien's portraying. You need to use wisdom to do that. And mm-hmm. helping my kids choose between two difficult options by using story, hopefully, will prepare them to do so later in life. Yeah. Or even tomorrow. Right. And if we do this with books, I don't. we do it in our home with movies. I'll pause it and I'll ask the kids questions. And that is a safe place to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, as their father and mother sitting next to me, we are the ones who are instructing them in the story that's being told. The, this is why this is wrong. This is why this is right. And there's no safer place to discern good and evil than in your own home. Yeah, but if we're not allowing good and evil to enter the home to talk about, and again, age appropriate, of course, we've already mentioned that. I just want to beat that drum. Um, if we're not allowing that to happen, then when our kids reach the age of adulthood, they won't be adults. But what if it's not age appropriate? Like what? Well, I mean, that's. that's good. No, you were just beating that drum. So right. I well, that's where you're the parent, and you get to silly. decide, right? So my right oldest here. is nine, and I thought he'd be okay watching Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Some nine-year-olds aren't. That's okay, right? Right? Yeah. If your nine-year-old's not ready to watch Jurassic Park, well, great. Mm-hmm. Watch something else. <laughs> and, it, and it says, "Train up your child in the fear of the Lord. Train up the child in the way he should go. Train up your child. Train up your child." How do you teach a gun class without having a gun in your child's with, hands? With live rounds. Yeah. with I mean, but even having a gun there. I mean, it's hard to train up a child without evil being present. So right. you can, I mean, in a sense, I mean, of course, you don't want to bring garbage into your home. But, right. But when that 23-year-old who's been, who is the pristine, innocent, steps out of the home, and he's no longer in the home, there's a scantily clad woman going to come up to him, and he's not going to know what to do with that. Right. We might. If you read Proverbs. Right. If you yeah. them. And that's, I think that was the question I was going to bring up, too, is, I mean, you might have some people that would say, okay, so story is a essential part of our maturation, you know. By necessity. By necessity. Because we are people of the word. We are people of a story. Right. Is the word enough? You know, as far as, I mean saying the scriptures are full of stories you know can't we just point people to the bible and just have Mm -hmm. them reread 
all the stories that we find in scripture? I mean, yeah. how would you respond to that? I would say, like Jonah was talking before we clicked the record button, David uh, certainly had the word of God, but he could defeat Goliath. He could stride out into the field of battle because he had already beaten bears and lions with his bare hands. And it probably wasn't the first battle that he witnessed. Right. So the blood of the Philistines and of his Israelite brothers did not affect him in innocence. Mm -hmm. He knew what battle looked like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had been trained up being confronted with evil along the way. So he, he was trained up in such a way that when he faced Goliath at 18, he knew what to do with him. Yeah. Right. And I think it's, so you take that coupled with, well, let's, you know, let's screen the stories and make sure they're yeah. decent. Yeah. Be smart. Be don't, wise. don't get the box set of game of Thrones and say, Hey son, we're going to sit down and learn how to fight bears. Right. But, but deal with what evil comes in your home because uh, don't buy the box set of game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> but deal with the evil that's there because the evil is going to be there when your son starts his own household yeah or... not just evil but temptation yeah I mean, we were talking about that and we do it quite often when in the stories that we read or in movies that we watch with our kids one of the things that i do is I, I verbally guffaw when, you know, when, oh. the, when the hero kisses the heroine and they're not married. I, oh, come on. That's not how a boy treats a girl. And my kids start to do the same thing. They even picked it up with like nature documentaries. You know, when, uh, what's that? What's that guy? Attenborough. When Attenborough is talking about, oh, millions of years ago, this oh, yeah. mountain goat learned how to scamper on the cliffs. <laughs> And I would always say, oh, come on. Creation is mm -hmm. not that old. Mm -hmm. And now my kids, when we watch a nature documentary, they'll lean over and they go, Dad, he's telling lies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because I've trained them, they, mm -hmm. they know the difference between right and wrong when it comes to creation. Yeah. And the same can be said in romantic relationships, in violent situations, mm -hmm. making tough decisions. It's training them to see it rightly. Mm -hmm. if, you're just, if you're just watching a movie with your family and you don't talk about it, bad dad. Mm -hmm. just same thing with a book mm -hmm. if you read a book to your kids without talking about it bad dad mm -hmm. and i usually don't want to throw judgment around that way but come on <laughs> mm -hmm. well, yeah i think that's i've got a lot of bad dad to fix over the course of my you know parenting because i used to not do that kind of stuff we're trying mm -hmm. to make efforts now you know to actually not just be entertained but actually yeah well in some way as christians we ought to be masters of story mm -hmm. because we worship and belong to the God who is the storyteller. So I used to think like pausing a movie to talk about it was dishonoring to the art of the movie. And then I was like, wait, you know, like, wait a second. I'm the master of the story here. I'm in control. I've got the clicker, right? You know, I'm the one holding the pages. No, I'm in control of this. I can close it. I can turn it off. I can stop it. I can talk about it. And, we just need to do that more, I think. Yeah. God gave the church the pause button. That's right. Yeah. In his providence, he yeah, built yeah. that into technology. Yeah. Pause. Right. And Google. also the stop. And also a garbage can. Yeah. 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 I'll do it. I'll do it the next time we watch Nacho Libre with the kids. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Pause well, it. As again, for the third time, three is a big thing in the Bible. <laughs> third time. For the third time, I'm admitting that. 
I've always just consumed movies. Yeah. Well, we should say as well that there's ditches on both sides of the road. We've talked about one ditch. You know, keeping your kids in a bubble is right. a ditch. But what we're talking about here is also also has a ditch. Right. So we want Christian liberty, Christian freedom, wisdom, and discernment uh, to be the principle of all of this. But some people can take that and abuse it. Right. So I have Christian liberty and freedom, and I am wise. So I'm going to watch all these Netflix shows, you know, with naked women. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you're watching it for the naked women, (laughs) you know, and you ought not. Yeah. So there's ditches on both sides of this. Yep. And it comes down really to uh, knowing who you are. Yeah. Knowing your household. I mean, knowing your kids, their Mm -hmm. maturity level, all those things are important, even your own maturity level. Yeah. So like if you go to IMDB or Common Sense Media and it says no nudity, but they're scantily clad women, you go, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You don't get to watch it. Yeah. You know, because now you want to watch the scantily clad woman. Right. Mm -hmm. But there ought to be especially for us as, as fathers, a level of maturity where a woman on the screen doesn't bring us to lust. Mm-hmm. That's just, there ought to be a point at which a man, a Christian man can say, that's a beautiful woman without sinning against his wife and without sinning against God. Mm-hmm. But if you're the kind of man who has the proclivity to not say that, but to lust after her, mm. then don't watch it. Mm-hmm. You need to have the discipline to d- make those decisions. We can't do it for you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think Doug had discussed that when he was talking about uh, porn. Uh, Douglas uh, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, the Reverend, the good, honorable Reverend Pastor <laughs> Douglas Wilson. How's that? I'm not sure all of our audience knows who Doug is. Oh. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter who, who yeah, Doug that's is. True. Unless they wanted to look it up. The point is, <laughs> well, I and I forget the details of how this went, but if you're, if you're, a husband or a man sitting at a computer and this image pops up of this well-endowed woman who's not hiding her endowment very well, how you react kind of reveals your heart. If you, you know, grab the monitor and throw it in the garbage and run screaming from the house, I think you're overreacting and you're hiding something. The the real desires of your heart. yeah, Yeah. Like the guy who drives a big truck type of idea says the man who drives a big truck yeah well i drove a little car tonight i noticed that but also if you're sitting there lingering and you don't move on beyond the picture that also reveals your heart but if you and this is this is his words not mine but if you go wow she's well endowed very beautiful woman and then you and then you move on that's a man who's exercising wisdom and discipline and discipline maturity in this world mm-hmm. yeah the world we live in is a world of technology right we're right. a very image-based world yeah 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 god put us in a movie hmm. we're living in a visual 3d movie based on a book based on a book, <laughs> book that he wrote and we're yeah yeah discovering what he wrote so, yeah, I so th- that, that might be part of it training training the eye yeah what's good what's bad but in saying that of course caveat again don't introduce wickedness for wickedness sake yeah mm-hmm. right don't show your kids pornography to show them what pornography is right so that you That's, can teach so yeah that no 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 first time they see it is not when they're 23 right yeah. <laughs> you know if you're if your kid's 32 and he sees pornography on accident and that's his first time good job dad you've done it you've, yeah yeah mm-hmm. 
Right. But he ought to know how to avoid certain things and then what to do mm-hmm. when that advertisement on this computer screen pops up mm-hmm. or he clicks the email. He doesn't know where it came from, mm-hmm. you know, and he ought to know how to handle that kind of thing. Yeah. So the Nigerian prince emails princess, oh. In this, at least in this analogy, oh. those kinds of things. Mm. Don't take the money. Don't give the money. Don't give it. Yeah. Oh, you have to give the money. The to Nigerian the prince was asking for money. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, that, that might not be all of the discussion on this kind of topic. We could probably go for for longer, but is there anything else? Yeah. I think the the open wine, the bottle, the vintage is running dry. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't like. Uh, it's almost there's a few drops left. Yes. Here, let me get them. <laughs> no, we got time. No, I hate the this day and age. All the qualifications. Now, whether it's talking about. Uh, um, well, race. I actually care about our listeners. Race. <laughs> well, there's talking about race issues, black oh, people, gender, gender issues, talking about women, all the qualifications. Now, we're not saying that I think we should just be able to say, well, of course, we're not saying get porn and let your son watch porn. To tr- I mean, hopefully, nobody would say, so you're saying, yeah. I think we're well not our listeners of course but right. who knows where this goes right that's true mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point we're just saying use discernment you know yeah yeah and whatever standard you set for your home mm-hmm. the lord bless you right you know, if, if all you watch is pixar <laughs> with your kids well there's objectionable stuff in pixar yeah but if that's what you pick you know the lord bless you if there's objectionable stuff in huggies diaper commercials it's especially true. when there's two dads two dads yeah hour. well yeah i don't whatever. know if that's a thing Is i could a... describe a commercial to you and but oreo commercials where people are coming out or whatever you know it's just yeah it's yeah. all around i guess i suppose that goes back to our beginning principle there's objectionable stuff in the world all the time everywhere what do we do with it yep yeah. what's the storytelling of course there's objectionable things in the bible yeah what do, what does the bible do with them does it endorse them uh, does it say that they need to be overcome? Does it condemn them? Mm-hmm. And those are the levels of discernment that need to be brought yeah. to bear in all storytelling, yeah. whether it's book or film. Yeah, and the, the sexual immorality that Paul was warning his uh, listeners, his readers, I guess, against was the sexual immorality in the church amongst your brothers, the hypocritical sexual immorality, because you can't avoid the world's sexual immorality necessarily unless you leave the world right i think his point was confront your hypocritical brothers but jesus ate with prostitutes mm-hmm. and he knew what they were yeah right yeah yeah so although he probably didn't world. watch right he shielded his eyes i'm sure <laughs> which is what what we're saying as well yeah yeah but the Otherwise, yeah, if you, in, unless somebody else has a better idea in listener land, how to train up your sons and daughters. So when they leave your authority, your care, they're well equipped yeah. to cause some damage. Yeah. They're ready for the fight. Yeah. Because it is a fight. Yeah. You know, especially in an image-based culture, every day is a fight. Yeah. And you need to know how to be equipped. You need to know what tools you've got, what weapons yeah. you've got. And, and if we're not giving them to our kids, they won't have any. And the the most well-intentioned Christian parent 
can suffocate their child. Oh yeah. By trying to protect them. And I've done it myself. And if you're a dad who's given himself over to license, don't, don't be surprised when your kid does the same thing. Yeah. Right. So if you're in one ditch, don't be surprised. If you're in the other ditch, don't be surprised. Right. Yeah. Used wisdom, discernment, biblical law, ethics. Yeah. And pray to God who promised as our father to be a God to us and to our children. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.